This is Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. Your host, Carl Valeri, has over a decade of experience counseling pilots. Aviation Careers Podcast will help you navigate towards your aviation career goal. Here is your host, Carl Valeri. Well, welcome to Aviation Careers Podcast. This is Carl Valeri, and I am joined this evening by some uh, special co-hosts, that one we haven't talked to in a while. I'm here with Tom Wachowski and Eric Crump. Tom, first of all, welcome back to the podcast after a little bit of a hiatus. It's great to be here, uh, Carl and Eric. Thanks for having me back. Awesome. And Eric, it's great to have you here. It's always wonderful to hear your voice. Honestly, Carl, the only reason I got on uh, for this podcast was because Tom was coming back. Uh, <laughs> and if it, if it hadn't been for that, I wouldn't have joined you at all. Um, because clearly we all know that I do value Tom. Um, Carl is kind of a... Eh, if, no, I love you too, Carl. I love you. So I, I, I was hoping. I, I hope he was just kidding. I was going to hit the hang up button on you. I'm just kidding. I would never do that to Eric Crump. Uh, Carl knows where I live. There's, there's no. Uh, <laughs> you, you never want to make somebody mad if they know where you live. No, that's for sure. The, no, the, we are, we, we are actually so excited to be here this evening. Wonderful to have all three of us here this evening because I've been hearing from people. When's Tom going to come back out? And when we're going to have Eric and you on at the same time? Unfortunately, Paul hasn't been able to join us this evening because he's flying a whole bunch, uh, and that's good. That's good for his career. Uh, but first, I before, believe that's what we call living the dream. Living the that's dream. Yes. Living the dream. Yeah, I think he's a living. A little bit too much. Sounds like he's get might be getting a, a little bit burnt out. I'm not sure, but uh, it beats working for a living. It actually does. It really does. And and I'm glad you said that, Tom, because uh, one of the, the thing comments we've been getting quite a bit lately is that uh, there there so people are listeners. You that's listening right now it likes the fact that we're very positive about our jobs because we like them. Uh, but you also like the fact that we bring in all the challenges within the career. I like to put a positive spin on things, but you know what? Uh, you can find all the negative stuff that you want on the internet. And as we've said in the past, you know, try to ignore the the the, the bad stuff. The, the, my theory of negative negativity is is holds true i think to today it's uh, there's so many people out there there's so many people that are negative uh, try to fill your life in general, not just in your aviation career, but in general with positive people. And that's why we join, we're join. we joined by Eric Crump and, and Paul Greco and Tom Wachowski, because they bring so much to, to this podcast and also to you, the listener, to your life. And I and I appreciate having all of them together on this team. It's a, it's a wonderful team we have. Uh, but uh, with that said, before we get started, a couple things, uh, announcements and a, a couple things to clean up. Uh, coaching, uh, I hear from you, uh, a lot of emails. We are really been been very busy with coaching. There are so many interviews going on right now. And of course, in our career coaching, it's not just coaching for your future career. It's also interview preparation. We do resume review and cover letter review. So if you're going to set up a coaching session, make sure you send me your cover letter, your your interview, uh, your resume, your uh, your um, uh, application, say, that you have for the airline or wherever you're going to work. Send that to us so we can review that and any, anything else that you want to do in social media. Uh, it's been wonderful working with everybody, uh, and I know it's been a challenge getting into our schedule. If you can't get into our schedule, gosh, there's so many people out there that are, are so helpful, and we can we can hook you up with some other organizations that do some coaching, etc. Uh, along the lines with coaching, <clears throat> quick announcement. We also, uh, we haven't really mentioned this much, but we have a, a great, uh, wonderful coach that uh, hasn't been really announced as a coach here on Aviation Career Podcast. So we kind of want to put that forth today. And that's actually uh, Eric Crump, who is very involved in, in education 
collegiate uh, training and collegiate, uh, your bachelor's, your, your associates, your master's, and understanding what you need to do to go forward with your career there, but also in the training environment. And Eric, you, you know, you have quite a background in the training environment and the collegiate environment. And if somebody wants to to look at coaching and your help, you know, what, what would they be looking towards and what type of advice would they get from you? That's actually a really good question. I appreciate you asking. Um, so I have, I, and I've said this on the podcast before, I love how much um, uh, opportunity there are for people to uh, come to uh, Carl and Paul and, and everybody else for that matter um, and ask questions. And it's usually focused on career uh, coaching, but we get a ton of questions and we're going to deal with a couple tonight um, on the podcast that focus on training. And so, um, you know, there's, there are obviously a lot of people who have training related questions. Um, and I've been sort of doing this one-on-one. Uh, you people know who you are because you email me and that's nice. Um, but we sort of wanted to make that a little bit more formal um, because there are so many people who are asking. Um, so um, if that's something that you're interested in, um, I would love to help in any way that I can. But mainly uh, my focus is uh, the big picture of what makes a professional pilot. Not an airline pilot, not a corporate pilot, not not a crop duster, but a professional pilot. Because um, at the core, we all have the same basic skills, or at least we should. Um, and so when it comes to where should I learn to fly, how should I learn to fly, what airplane should I fly, should I go to an academy, uh, should I do accelerated training, should I not – um, those are the kind because I've experienced all of that and I've worked in that. I can offer you that as a uh, as an unbiased, totally you know, trying to figure out what's right for you. That's one of the things that we we talk about a lot on this podcast. It's it's one thing to um, for me or Tom or Carl to say this is what we did, but it's a totally different thing when we say what is it that you actually want to do? And then let's find the right solution for you specifically because no one can follow my exact same path and be as happy with it as I was because it was my path and I want yours to be yours individually also. So that's, that's me. That's what I'm here for. And I'm glad you said that, Eric, because one of the things that you can do during the coaching sessions and something I think we forget to mention is that there is so much information that's private, personal, confidential that we can't talk about, obviously, answering these questions. And and your life is so specific and so important to us and your career and moving forward in, in your education, in your training. And that's what, what Eric can do for you. And you can look at that in the coaching page on our website, Aviation Careers Podcast, and sign up for, uh, for an hour of coaching. Basically, you're first hour is free if you pay for an hour so basically there's two hours of coaching you get right away for the price of one i will say one thing uh you know eric talked about an unbiased opinion he he's not here to, to sell his program or somebody else's and that's what's wonderful about coming to us on these personal coaching sessions that we've been doing is that we want what's best for you and uh and i will say something that is you know in these sessions Although we try to be as diplomatic as possible, we're going to give you some information uh, that can be sometimes tough to swallow. And, and, and But we're going to work through that. We're going to work through those challenges that you have in your career, in your training, etc. And we're going to help you move forward. Uh, so you're going to truly get an unbiased opinion. The good thing about Eric and Tom, myself, Paul, is that we, we try to make this positive feedback. We're not going to be berating you, but we're going to let you know 
right off the bat that, and it's, it's uh, believe me, it's uncomfortable for me, and I'm sure Eric can say this too, and Tom, when I'm trying to tell you something that's going to look negative either in your resume, et cetera, it's so hard for us to say that, but we do it because we really care about you, and we care about you moving forward in your career. Uh, so we appreciate Eric putting that forward. That's wonderful. Uh, so that's the announcement on that side. If you want to contact us there, it's easy. AviationCuriousPodcast.com and slash coaching. Uh, also, I think, Eric, you had another announcement. Is that true? I just wanted to brag on somebody. Um, I, I, we talked about keeping things positive. I mean, there's nothing more positive than success stories, and I do love success stories. Um, and I just got to brag on somebody, and um, and I, I know that uh, that you listen, so try not to get too embarrassed. <laughs> but I didn't ask for your permission, so sorry. I'm going to brag on you anyway. Um, but uh, one of our students is, uh, started our uh, collegiate program uh, this last semester in August, and um, has just done a tremendous job. Um, immigrant from Cuba, um, English not his first language, um, had a hard time. Um, at the beginning, just trying to get through the language barrier, um, tons of extra study, personal time, working on it, studying it, practicing radio calls. I have been blown away by the amount of dedication um, from this guy. Um, and um, uh, amazingly, um, it's just been it's been crazy to watch it, the amount of progress he's been able to make, but he soloed. Uh, for the first time a couple of days ago, and um, just cannot be more proud of you, Ronaldo. Congratulations, and uh, you know keep doing what you're doing. It's proof positive to everybody who's listening. If you want it and you're willing to work for it, you can have it. Awesome. Well, congratulations to your student and uh, to to everybody that's actually been able to uh, work through these barriers of having, uh, especially English as a second language. Uh, you know, I look at my father came to this country and uh, learned learned the language and was able to move forward in his career. And it's always inspiring to hear people that have have jumped through certain hoops. And uh, that's wonderful, wonderful. And congratulations! I look forward to hearing more success stories from him uh, in his career and as he moves through through the training, etc. Um, the other thing that I we have is an announcement. I think, uh, and thanks for doing that for him. I think that's terrific. Uh, oh, I have an announcement. I, I got my remote pilot certificate in the mail. Uh, actually, uh, a couple, I think a few days back, and uh, it looks rather different. And if you're wondering about the remote pilot certificate, uh, go to Stuck Mike Avcast. We did a whole episode on how to get your remote pilot certificate. As a matter of fact, the person that uh, did the presentation was Ryan Wallace. Dr. Wallace is actually a professor over at Polk State College, and uh, he does quite a bit of work in the, the remote piloting and uh, does a lot of research there and he's uh, has a great presentation so please check that out so i got my oh, email is that the that's the uas right uh, is it and it's, is it a is it a rating or, or what is it yes an addition? okay so it's it's an actual pilot it's an, a certificate and it's a separate certificate and you get that uh it's plastic it doesn't look like the other ones it has like a green a light blue and a dark blue and it says it's a remote pilot certificate with a num- number and a date of issuance. The rating that is on there for me and for all those other people out there that are interested, it's the SUAS, or Small Unmanned Aircraft Systems, rating on my remote pilot certificate. In the future, of course, I'll be able to add some more, but it's uh, to get that, there's uh, an easy pathway to do that. And again, we explain that in Stuck Mike Avcast, but basically if you're already a pilot, uh, all you have to do is go on the fasafety.gov website and uh, and do the, the class, do the course in the remote pilot certificate course, and then 
Take that to your flight instructor, examiner, etc. And uh, the 8710-13 is what you need to fill out. And then you'll get approval from that uh, that flight instructor. We'll sign you off. You can print out your temporary pilot certificate. You'll get the uh, permanent within, uh, oh gosh, my came within about two months. That was it. Very interesting. And does that allow you to make money with yep. the, mm-hmm. uh, it does. Okay, yeah, got yeah. it. Interesting. So, and and this is something I think Eric's going to work towards pretty soon, right? It, well, I, actually, I should have done it already. Um, it's the <laughs> problem with being busy. Um, actually, I, it, it was funny because when this thing came out, like, I don't know, five, six of my students just bombarded my office the next day. I've taken my course. Can you fill out my ACRA paperwork? And I'm like, not, not, not right now. Can we, can we, can we wait just a minute? Let me finish this thing. But uh, yeah, a lot of people are getting into it. Certainly a lot of our students are, are, uh, are heading down that direction also. And like you said, if you already have a pilot certificate, um, it's as simple as taking the FA safety online course. And then uh, just, and actually the ones I've done, I think the entire process on my end as the recommending instructor takes about 15 minutes max. So it's, it's really, it's really easy to do. Uh, it's just an effort, you know, to um, categorize who all's doing this and make sure that everybody knows uh, what the operational rules are. So, you know, speaking of and the that- operational rules, uh, you have to know those and you really need to, uh, I know this is kind of the feedback I've been getting because I've been doing some seminars on how to get the remote pilot certificate. We have, you know, like I said, that hour-long uh, podcast on Stuck My Gavcast. And um, some of the people that are not pilots that want to get the remote pilot certificate and want to sit for the exam, uh, the complaints I've been getting are the fact that there is a lot of information they need to know. You, you will need to know how to do airspace. You'll need to know how to navigate through airspace, the types of airspace, and also aerodynamics. Uh, not to the level of the private pilot, but some aerodynamics. You also uh, will need to know uh, different things that, that you wouldn't normally need to know as a hobbyist. Uh, and the reason you're doing that is you're operating in the same system that other aircraft are operating within. Uh, so that's important that you know, and you're being paid. You're you have the ability to be paid to do uh, do the remote pilot uh, certificate and get paid to actually fly a remote pilot as a remote pilot. So and there uh, are more doing... and and Sorry, more. Tom, go ahead. Well, I was going to say I know there are more and more corporate departments that are uh, have or are launching SUAS branches. Mm-hmm. So uh, developing career part of the career field. Right, right. Interesting. It's, it, it's interesting because one of my uh, uh, coaching clients, we were discussing that, uh, how they're involved in the SUAS and uh, in the corporate department as a, as a pilot, too, uh, and looking at uh, flying their aircraft. It's, it's really interesting, uh, and it's, it's something that I'm really excited about, and I'm really excited that now they have this certificate. Part of the, having a certificate it uh, comes with some responsibilities, and it defines those responsibilities, and and also the actions on your certificate uh, and your person, as far as uh, you know, fines, etc. If if you do operate uh, irresponsibly or illegally, so that's something I'm really excited about, uh, is that we will have these boundaries defined. It's a lot of fun. It's really cool. But like I said, if you're uh, you have to know meteorology, you have to know a lot of different things that you wouldn't normally know as as a hobbyist that's flying these uh, these small unmanned aircraft. Uh, so I really really excited about this. Uh, let's see, where are we now as far as uh, 
the mo- I'll have links, by the way. And Tom, you know, if you get a chance, listen to that podcast too. If you if you haven't listened to that, it's yeah. really cool. I really highly recommend people to go back. I don't know what episode it is, but I'll have it in the show notes here. I'll try to look it up while we're talking. Uh, but we uh, we definitely want to want you to to look at that and think of it as a career, also as, a, as something that's additional to your career. Uh, as far as pilots are concerned, people are concerned about. I know I'm going to get this question, so I'll go ahead and talk about it a little bit. Are you concerned about us losing pilots? In other words, uh, the pilot is going to uh, be taken over by a computer. I'd say no, uh, because a lot of people they think that as a pilot, all we do is is fly the airplane and it's it's not true we truly are managers of that flight and uh, even if uh, we are using the automation we are managing that whole flight environment and not only that there there isn't a computer that we know of yet uh, that can have all the cognitive reasoning that we have uh, as human beings although they're trying to work towards that nor can it, it learn like we do as humans and uh, having you know my background in artificial intelligence and computers, I, it's a long way uh, from that. But never know. And I was going to say, years. Carl, I'm I'm fairly certain that my smartphone actually is more intelligent than you. Um, well, but, you're but probably felt- right. <laughs> <laughs> That's why Sorry, they I called just, a smartphone. They never called me I smart. Did, <laughs> I did throw it in there. Sorry, I couldn't. Res- you were talking about intelligence. I, I mean. When you set them up like that, Carl, I have to <laughs> knock them down. Knock I mean, them out of the park. Yeah, but it can't reach the rudder pedal, so there. And uh, that's why <laughs> there they you need go. <laughs> That's what you're for. That's what I'm there for. Oh, Somebody's got to swing the gear. <laughs> Someone has to. Oh, my gosh, we don't need, even need that anymore. It'll automatically come down, won't it? Uh, but, yeah, really really interesting discussion there, but I don't see that happening. I know one of the comments is, well, we've gotten rid of the flight engineers, et cetera. Yeah, there's a, a point where uh, we've been able to do that to get to, to the point where the computers can actually monitor systems and actually control systems in a very efficient manner and safely. Uh, but again, you have people making decisions constantly. That's what all you're doing is making decisions con- you know, consistently uh, while you're flying. And uh, that's one of the reasons we're, we're still in the cockpit. Uh, but anyway, all the announcements are done. One thing we need to get to now is uh, the questions. And uh, we've got a few questions, hey, questions that come in. Yeah, I love questions. Uh, and these are wonderful, wonderful questions uh, from our listeners, from you uh, that's listening. Really, if you have something that is... Uh, uh, and of course, when we when you write into us, we take your name off this and anything that's specific to you, uh, we try to take out uh, so that you are not, um, you know, you're not actually pointed out by an individual, etc. If you want to write into us, we won't. We'll try to keep all that information confidential. Even if you say we can, we try not to uh, put your name out there unless it's it's some type of an announcement. If you, by the way, if you want to come onto the show and and discuss with us uh, items uh, such as uh, working for you know, a different organization other than like the airlines, which is wonderful. Like uh, we have people at different services. I'd love to have you on. So definitely write us at feedback at Aviation Careers Podcast. Anyway, our first question here comes. Um, and it says, oh, our first question says, Eric Crump mentioned that if the school that is attended or owns or leases uh, their fleet of airplanes, that a VA veteran will stay will still pay for a private pilot license. So and he is saying that uh, you had mentioned this, but I'll keep going on here. Uh, I attended Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University. I'm currently working as a bartender to pay for my private pilot flight instruction. The VA office here says that the VA will not pay for any flight training 
and I read what you said on my own, and now hearing you say it, I'm wondering if maybe the VA office here is wrong. This is very important to me because paying out of pocket is killing me. I get practically zero sleep, and I'd love to really focus on my studies instead of working till 2 a.m., then trying to finish homework and practice radio comms by myself because no other students are awake at such insane hours. I am not a young man. Uh, I'm actually 42 years old, but in great shape and very focused and on Dean's list, and I cannot afford to take too much time to get my license. I'm purchasing the scholarships guide from your website because, unfortunately, I'm not eligible for any further student loans or even Pell Grants. Please send me any and all information regarding this matter, and feel free to ask me any questions that might help help me um, very respectfully. Well, we're going to answer your question right here online. Again, the, the VA uh, not paying for the private pilot certificate, I'm going to let Eric kind of expand on that and explain what we're talking about here, Eric. You got to love it when the first question is, it starts, Eric Crump. <laughs> Eric <laughs> Crump mentioned, it was clearly, it was me. It was all my fault. Yeah. Um, no, so um, let me come at this from two different directions. One, um, first of all, my experience dealing with the VA is always that from the perspective of a state institution. State institutions and private institutions are treated very differently by the VA. So understand that while I sort of get how the private thing works, that's not what I do every day. So there, there are always going to be little provisos that I may forget to mention, not because I'm trying to mislead you, but just because it is very complicated. So I'm sorry if I confused you. Um, when it comes to um, Embry-Riddle specifically, um, I know and have known several veterans who have attended Embry-Riddle and received VA funds for their flight training. So if for that perspective, um, this is going to depend on what degree program you're enrolled in. It'll depend on whether you're full-time or part-time. There are so many different things that go into that. So I, I don't know that it's as black and white as, is the VA office wrong? I think there's definitely something else you should pursue there. Um, because um, I, I, I know specifically of people who went to Embry-Riddle for a semester or for a year, um, specifically because they eventually came to my program, so I know their experience, um, and I know that they received funding. Um, I, I can tell you, though, from the private institution perspective, there is an annual cap on the amount of money that the VA will pay for private institutions, whereas public institutions don't have that cap. Um, so there are issues there, too. Um while I would definitely take that particular question back to the VA and or to the VA office at your institution and try to, you know, work out specifically based on your situation, if it is this way, why is it this way, and get a good firm answer, I would also recommend that you go ahead and follow up with uh, the Veterans Affairs Educational Office um, directly, um, because well, they are the VA. So the VA office at your institution are employees of your institution. The VA educational office are actual VA employees. So I, I would sort of go to both places. Make sure you find the answer. Um, I, I know what I think the answer is. I don't know why you're getting the answer that you're getting. And again, it could be because of a lot of different situations and circumstances. Um, but uh, certainly, I know for a fact that veterans have attended Inver-Riddle and have been paid uh, VA funds uh, for flight training uh, at that institution under certain circumstances. Um, so I, I, hopefully that at least answers that part of the question. So, um, okay, and that, that's interesting. But going back, Eric, uh, a quick, real fast explanation as to what the VA has done and why institutions can't 
actually uh, apply for that, or people can't apply for those VA benefits at certain institutions is how I want to say that. Okay, so this is a relatively new change as of August of 2016. So um, at the time of this recording, still relatively a, a new thing. Um, but in the past, if you went to a collegiate institution, an accredited college degree-granting institution that offered flight training, um, the VA paid, and we're talking about state institutions, state public institutions, um, the VA would pay uh, the minimum curriculum cost from everything from private up through whatever your highest level of uh, pilot certificate or rating offered that was also approved under Part 141 by the FAA. So that's what the VA paid for. As of August of 2016, the VA reinterpreted its own policy to say that if a school, and again, we're talking about a public institution, owns its own fleet of aircraft or leases its fleet of aircraft um, and has sole operational control over that fleet of aircraft, then the VA will continue to pay for everything, including the private pilot certificate. If the college or university contracts its services, meaning it doesn't own or lease its fleet directly, but contracts with a company to provide that service, then the VA will no longer pay for private pilot training at that institution, but will pay uh, for instrument and beyond. Um, and so it was sort of a, a, we're calling it splitting hairs is probably not the most technical term, but basically to say that if you are, if you go to a, a random flight school that is approved by the VA, um, the VA will not pay for your private training. It was always treated differently if you were doing that training through a collegiate degree program. Now, collegiate degree programs that contract out their flight training are being treated just like, you know, every other flight school um, out there. Um, and, you know, obviously, I have my own perspective on that. <laughs> I would right. love for that benefit to remain because um, that's a that's a lot of money uh, up front to expect, especially when you probably went into uh, military service expecting it was going to be a certain way. And then by the time you got out and tried to use your benefits, the rule had been interpreted differently. Um, and so we're definitely hearing that, obviously, from from veterans who are concerned about that change. And, um, and while it's unfortunate – um, it's not an insurmountable obstacle. There's still plenty of opportunities for funding to get people started. But yes, for veterans who are training at um, institutions that contract their own fleet of, uh, sorry, that contract a fleet of aircraft that they do not own, there's going to be a little bit more skin in the game up front. Um, and that's just, that's the, that is the new reality. And uh, so, Eric, and, and, and again, I'd like to throw in my two cents here. And by the way, this is my opinion. It's not Eric Crump speaking about this. One of the things that kind of has been uh, a disturbance in my mind with this is the fact that uh, this cuts, uh, basically cuts the benefits uh, to a lot of veterans because the majority of the schools that actually lease or are using a contractor for those uh, those the flight training are those schools that are usually a lot more affordable. Uh, so, and that's the reason a lot of these folks that come out of the military go to some of these schools. They can't afford to go to some of the institutions that are much more expensive. And uh, and uh, you know, I've been hearing this from some people, and we're hearing it uh, from this individual. Is you know, it just isn't affordable. It's not. It, they can't do that. So it's one way to, in my mind, limit the benefits uh, to our veterans. Uh, to, in their ability to get their certificates, because if you cut off the ability to get their private pilot certificate, they cannot uh, move forward 
uh, with their careers. And and uh, that statement cutting off, they're not actually cutting it off, but in, in essence, through their actions, they're making it unavailable to many people that don't have the money. And that's really what, uh, what we're doing is we're trying to give these benefits uh, to our veterans to help them move forward in their careers and make it more affordable, but we're not. Uh, we're doing just the opposite there, and that kind of that really bugs me. I wish we could change that. Uh, what I what to do with that huge machine and how to change that? Uh, that's a whole nother discussion. Uh, I think it's a little more political than anything else. So we we and we leave that for other shows, not for ours. But I I really it bugs me that uh, the, here's people have served and they won't be able to access their VA benefits for certain things, especially the private pilot certificate. That's my opinion. That's not uh, anybody else's here on the podcast. So I thought I'd throw that in there. Uh, but thanks for that answer, Eric, by the way. I appreciate your, your input on that. Uh, and can I just throw in one other thing, too? Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do with the question, but just as a, as a statement. Mm-hmm. Um, kudos, dude, for, like, you know, lowering a shoulder and pushing. I mean, I, I get it. You know, the cost is tough. Look, we were all there. I mean, I, believe me, I, I, I did the three jobs in college. Like, I, I know what you're talking about, and I know – I've spent many a night at IHOP with the waitress going, what is it that you're reading? It's like, I'm preparing, (laughs) I've got a flight in the morning. And they're like, it's four in the morning. What are you doing here? It's like, well, you know, this is the way my schedule works. So, I mean, I do understand that. And, you know, kudos to you. I mean, saying you're not a young man, I mean, okay. um, That's that's one thing. But, uh, you know, it just, it goes back to what I was saying, I guess, before when I was bragging on Ronaldo. But it just, if you want this and you're willing to work, it's there for you. And, uh, you know, kudos to you, dude, for, for really lowering a shoulder and working hard. And I know it's hurting you right now, but I'm telling you what, man, when, when you're in that position where, and, and the three of us have all had it, when you quit your last, if real job, <laughs> like, <laughs> I remember, I remember the day I quit my last job developing pictures at Walgreens and I haven't worked since then. Um, I, it's all, it's just been fun. It's just been an absolute blast since then and so you will get to that point too and you'll look back on it and right now it's awful you'll look back on it later and you'll have an awesome story to tell so kudos to you and uh, keep plugging man just keep doing it to it awesome thanks eric and for that encouragement but uh thanks for the question and let us know what's worked out in your life as far as this is concerned please write us back and and uh and and of course do exactly what eric said and move forward uh, with that information if you have any other questions send it to feedback at aviationcareerspodcast.com i'll send it along to eric here uh anyway we continue on with our next question uh it's uh writes in says hey carl i recently came across your podcast and really appreciate your insight i decided about three and a half years ago that i wanted to pursue a career in flying i looked into an accelerated program but found the lump sum loan staring at me a bit intimidating i can understand that i moved forward taking lessons as i could when weather slash money permitted i finished my private pilot certificate in a year and a half now a little over a year later with my private pilot certificate i'm about halfway done with my instrument rating i thought i'd have my cf double i now and would be teaching haha <laughs> as she says uh, i i will say we all work on a, it's a different schedule no matter what you think you can get done at a certain date it always changes sometimes it's earlier sometimes it's later so don't feel bad about that uh, welcome to aviation exactly <laughs> welcome to aviation <laughs> She continues, now almost three years later, here's my dilemma. My dad and I had gone in together on a Piper Comanche to build time and do training in. The CFII we used a couple of times was concerned with the reliability of the needles instrument flying as they sometimes stick and the DG is slow to spin up and maintain heading on climb out. 
there will be a bit more setback with maintenance on getting the Comanche IFR ready. I, f I like flying the Comanche, but I'm wondering if I jumped the gun on the purchase. By the way, Comanche, Twin Comanche, oh man, if you want to sell it, let me know. No, I better not say that. My wife will shoot me. Um, anyway, she continues. My dad. I'll go in, it, I'll go in on <coughs> it with you if Tom pays my part. Uh, <laughs> hey, I'll Tom. buy the $100 hamburger lunch. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> As you can tell, there's a lot of Comanche fans out there. What a great aircraft. Fast airplane. Uh, just a wonderful plane. Uh, really cool for training, too. Uh, anyway, she, she continues. Uh, my dad offered to buy my share. With a slower-moving state of achieving a career in flying due to matching up funds and schedules and such, the ATP or similar program is looking very nice. A structured program where I could focus all my energy on just accomplishing that goal. With that background, here is what I'm considering and could use some input. I'm a 28-year-old female. I'm considering pulling a loan out through either American Flyers or ATP. I'm also nervous about pulling the loan out and facing career development hurdles with being a female and wanting to have kids and a family. Have you seen or noticed significant issues with women entering the aviation world while trying to balance a family life? I feel like it would be different for females compared to males, or am I giving this concerns too much weight? Uh, I definitely want to talk about that, but she continues. With trying to foresee the pros and cons of that situation, I started looking into going back to school and applying for a master's or a physical therapy program as another option, which would be a solid four to five years to complete. With this route, I would just fly for fun on the side and maybe pursue being a flight instructor down the road. If I decide to go back to school... I would need to enroll full-time this coming January to get the ball rolling. If you don't go back to school, I'd like to take the plunge, pull out the loan, and jump into accelerated flight training by March of 2017. Any insights are greatly appreciated as I balance these options and try to anticipate outcomes. Well, that is, there's a lot there and some great questions. But the one I think you should make Tom answer this one. Just Tom. <laughs> Just fix Tom it, Tom. Fix it. <laughs> fix it. <laughs> uh, I, and, and she asked, you know, as far as, you know, females, et cetera. There's, there's a whole thing there. We, we've had other people on this podcast and, and females on the podcast talking about their careers and raising a family, et cetera. Uh, there are certain challenges, and I know this is one of the things that um, we, we discuss. It's an uncomfortable situation to talk about, and, and that's the fact that if you're starting a family – there are certain challenges females have that males don't. Number one, if you're having babies, the female obviously has babies, and that, that might uh, make you spend some time away from work. But with that said, there are other families, uh, you know, that I know very personally of uh, that go through the, the adoption process, which can be a very long and strenuous task there, too. They all have their challenges. Uh, so as far as the physical aspect of, of being able to have children and raise a family, uh, companies are actually doing a much better job now, uh, complying with certain needs of, of both parents and, and helping them move forward uh, with their careers and taking care of their children, you know, and that's the one cool thing about working for a larger company, especially uh, with the airlines, is they they do they are very helpful there and have some very defined uh, procedures for for going through the process of having kids, etc. I do I will do this, so I will I uh, will say that I am going to try to get somebody else on, and I know a couple of people have had families and have gone through the whole uh, aviation career while they were building a family. Uh, and I know one in particular has been wanting to come back on the show, so I definitely will have her back on to talk a little bit about that and, and the challenge of that career development, et cetera, and, and the pros and cons there. So uh, that aside, um, 
there's there's a couple things here as far as you know taking the jump, et cetera, uh, into that career and looking at uh, jumping into a, a program where you are looking at a couple of years and a lot of money. Uh, or another program that's like four to five years, which is a different career field and a lot of money, but you're putting off your aviation career. With the airlines and in general, that's uh, the only downside is you lose certain amount of seniority. Uh, there are many other options in, in aviation, and one of them being, in the, especially in the corporate environment. And Tom, I'd like you to talk a little bit about that as far as the challenges in the corporate environment and what type of, uh, you know, procedures they may have in place for those people that are raising families? Because I think you're in the corporate environment raising a family right now. Uh, very much so. But I'll tell you what I hear or I see as I read and as I heard as I listen to you, Carla, she is, uh, she wants to do aviation. Uh, it's very clear in the phraseology there. And so as I listen to you and follow along with my eyes and reading that, she's 28 and let's say she goes for aviation, whatever path that is, but we'll assume it's a, a path that gets her into the cockpit. She's 28, and if she goes airline, she, as of right now, would have to retire at 65, right? Mm -hmm. So if I'm doing the math right, that's 37 years of runway ahead of her. I'm not really too concerned about jumping in, grabbing this loan, getting it done, getting the hours, getting on with the career, because she has... 37, almost four decades to take care of this financial aspect. And where we are in this industry right now, I think she'll be okay taking that gamble financially because I think there's a good 10 years of momentum left in this hiring, uh, maybe not frenzy, but opportunity. So I hear, I want to fly, go fly. Now, in terms of the corporate thing, uh, <laughs> You got to define corporate because are we talking a small 135 mom and pop operator? Are we talking a one airplane, uh, $250 million company? Are we talking a multi-airplane, multi-billion dollar company? Each one of those is going to have a different staffing program, which will impact kind of how they would handle a pregnancy thing. And of course, there are certain laws that will protect you if you want to have children, but, uh, I, I can't say I'm super familiar with how that's actually played out in the small corporate world or even the large corporate world. Now, having said that, I personally have female friends at fractional operators who were fractional pilots, had babies, took time off, and they're back in the cockpit. No problem. Big company. They had the resources to kind of handle that. So I would not use, and as a father of three uh, who could come up with every excuse of why kids make this career difficult, uh, Go for it. I, I would say go for it. You have so much runway. Uh, there are options to get around or handle or work with this kid thing. And I hear and smell aviation in your question. So uh, I'd say go. Tom, I'm glad you said that because if you notice, you know, what she said as far as wanting to be a flight instructor, you know, maybe doing that route, if you, you're going to be sitting there the rest of your life saying to yourself, maybe I should have went for it. And uh, this is your opportunity to jump in and go for it and get it done. Get uh, And I like, Tom, how you brought in the financial aspect. We've talked about this so many times and there's a really cool uh, website. I have to find it. 
and get the link to it. And it talks about your earnings and over time. In the beginning, the earnings aren't that great, but it grows. And just think about this. Ten years from now, you'll be, you're 28, you'll only be 38 years old. You have, speak about a lot of runway uh, still in front of you. There's a whole bunch of runway, and you can go to many different environments. Uh, but getting circling back around to aviation and, and flying, I know a lot of folks that have uh, gone into other portions of aviation and flying. They've gotten into the training department. They've they've worked into other types of environments within the, f- the flight operations where they're not flying all the time. They're home a lot more, but they get to occasionally fly. I'll give you an example. The chief pilot. Uh, you know, I know so many of the chief pilots. As a matter of fact, I should get her on the podcast and talk about that. And is, here's somebody who can be home a lot more and is able to raise her family. And, and this is, goes for male, female, either way, uh, and is able to, to, to stay at home more and has, has, those, has had those challenges of raising a family and, and having children but is able to have uh, the ability to fly and still have fun flying. So uh, there are are unique things, and we're all males here on this podcast right now talking, but there are unique things uh, to the female and the person that that has gone through that whole process of having children and moving forward in their career. And I'm going to do that. I'm going to have somebody come on and talk about that because I don't – and that's one of the things we love to do here at this podcast is we don't want – we want – people that have actually lived it to tell that story so i will i will reach out to all those there's a bunch of them that that are willing to come on here and talk a little bit about that um because because uh, there are unique situations there for especially for uh, females involved in this industry there's a lot and we're still trying to get more and more involved in the industry and i think that's that's terrific too what you said uh, tom though is very true you know really this is somebody who loves flying and uh, wants to continue on there Going back to the Twin Comanche, I really would like to buy that for me. I'm just kidding. No, I, I can't. I can't do that. I just got rid of all my little toys. I can't go back to it. But this is a, a wonder, wonderful thing. Um, there's um, another organization, though. We were going to talk about this, but we're going to do this in another podcast is that I think you should really look towards. And there's a lot of folks. And I think, Tom, you mentioned this. Uh, what is that organization again, Tom? Uh, the 99s, I believe, is kind of a uh, conglomerate of female professional aviators. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's funny you mention that is because the the three women that I know that have had children that are working for the airlines, uh, they all are members of the 99s, which is a great group uh, of wonderful people that do a lot for aviators. And there's women in aviation. There's many, many different organizations out there. And they have other females that are involved in that organization that you can actually speak with. And, and you know, discuss those issues in a very frank and, and honest and open environment. I think that's really, really important uh, to do that. So that's uh, the 99s. I'll, we'll put a link in the podcast to that. Uh, but as far as just just you moving forward in your career, go for it. Take out the loan. Move forward. I've done it. <clears throat> I'm not sure, Tom. I don't. I'm, I'm sure you probably had at some point had to take a little loan or something during your your training. Uh, to, Affirmative. And uh, and I know Eric has, but you you just have to do it. I mean, I tried to pay cash for all of my flight training, and that was my goal. And just like just like you said, you didn't get to where you were going at the specific date. Well, I couldn't pay cash. I had to use a credit card to pay for a little bit of my training. Uh, but I did it. You know, I was working hard, and I didn't want to interrupt that training. So that is so important. Having uh, f- financing something that's going to make you move forward and make more money, I think, is really, really important. So great question. We are going to continue to work on having some of those 
uh, some of those uh, female pilots that I've had on before, and some others uh, to talk more about the challenges in a career. And yes, I think I think uh, you might be worrying about it a little bit too much because there's there are a lot of people have actually paved the path uh, in front of you and have have actually enabled more uh, women to get into the uh, aviation environment in the airlines in the corporate world. And we're definitely going to have some more of those on. That, that's for sure. Anyway, thanks so much for that question. That was an awesome and challenging question for me and for the rest of the folks here on the podcast, uh, since we are all males, and, and that is a, a you know a very female-specific type of question. I, I love this, and I love the challenging questions that you, you send to us, so please send more. I love it. Uh, anyway, moving right along, uh, here is our last question for this evening, so uh, we'll try to get this one in. Uh, it says, I have a question that I've been searching for the answer for for quite some time now. After many Google searches and calls to various companies, I'm unable to get a clear answer. So I'm turning to you as a final resort. Here's my question. Here's this is a good one, a good challenging question. I am planning to move to another state in a few months to attend a college where I will be studying aviation management as well as working on my ratings to become a CFI. While attending school, I will be working, however. I would like to get a job at a nearby airport. I have my Class A commercial driver's license, and have been driving semis for several years. I thought there would be jobs requiring the Class A license at an airport, but I have not been able to get a clear answer. There are many Class B jobs like buses, limos, etc., but those do not pay as well as a Class A job. I realize that this is probably outside of the careers you focus on, but if you have any information regarding this, I would be most appreciative. I'm working on my private pilot license right now with the end goal of flying for the airline someday. I stumbled on Stuck Mike Avcast by accident, which led me to Aviation Careers Podcast. I can't express just how helpful they've been to me while I've been trying to decide which direction I want to go. My brother is also a student pilot, and I was able to turn him on to both podcasts, which unsurprisingly he loves. Thanks again for all that you do. For us aspiring pilots, please give my regards to Eric, Paul, and the rest of the Air Aviation Careers podcast crew. Well, gosh, I appreciate that question, and uh, I'm glad it's actually affecting your life in a very positive way. Interesting that you asked this question, and I think this is serendipitous, but I just had a conversation with uh, a gentleman who is a driver for the county at the airport, and we were discussing careers, and I had mentioned I do this Aviation Careers podcast, and, uh, you know, I started, I'm just, I'm so, I'm actually very interested in everybody's career. So I started asking about driving, and he was telling me that that job that he has, uh, actually, he makes really good money working for, and now, again, this is for the county, and this is for a bus line, but he actually works at the airport uh, driving the bus at the airport and is making really good money, comparable, he said, to some of his friends with a Class A license. He did admit, though, that they're, you with a Class A license, they can make really, really good money. And I have, I have students, many students, that have driven semis. I tell you what, that is a tough job. It's very similar to flying for like an airline where you do driving for a long time and overnights, et cetera. But, uh, but you, you can't – I don't think you're going to ever find a job, I could be wrong, that's going to make as much as a Class A, uh, especially if you're doing, uh, you know, you're doing inner, you know, all across the state. Uh, you're doing interstate. It's uh, it's gonna pay a little bit more if you're. Uh, you could do local, L, you know, less than load LTL and make the same amount of money as somebody I think with a Class B in certain jobs. So, 
but in general, you're right. The Class B license, you're not going to make quite, quite as much. There are other jobs at the airport uh, that you can get into, but again, like you said, they don't quite pay as much. It seems like uh, usually the county is where you need to look for or the state. Um, Tom and uh, Eric, did you have any other ideas as far as uh, searching as far as those type of jobs at the airport or airport jobs in general? Eric, I guess you can go first. Um, well, the only thing I was thinking when, when I was reading this question is um, it, it wouldn't be an airport job specifically, but your fuel suppliers who bring the fuel to the airport. This is not the fuel truck that goes and actually fills up the aircraft. But again, that's a semi load. That's I mean, just like bringing gas to a gas station for cars, um, those fuel supply companies do actually have a friend um, uh, back in my hometown, and that's what he's a, the, uh, the chief accountant, if you will, uh, for a huge um, fuel service company. Um, and it, it's a it's a really fascinating thing. I mean, it's a totally separate topic for another day, but uh, the uh, just how that how that stuff gets around um, from the refinery to the uh, to the uh, supply depots and how it gets to where it's going from there. But I mean, if you're I'm sure if you're driving semis, you already know about that. Um, it's not so much an airport job in the strictest sense, but if you're working fuel supply and you're bringing the fuel to the airport, at least you're still on airport property. Uh, it was the first thing that popped in my head, probably just because of uh, knowing the guy who uh, who does that back home. Interesting, interesting. And uh, and and Tom, do you have any uh, any input there? Maybe you could help him out with that. You know, the only thing I think of as I read that and listened was, you know, I know at my airport I have to go to the airport administration office to get certain credentials to move about the airport, and that might be a resource for him to check uh, because I'm sure they have a roster of who has what uh, type of you know, uh, clearance onto the airport property with which type of vehicle and where they can drive and where they can't drive. So maybe the airport office is a resource. Yeah, and I, I think that's that's a, a great idea, and uh, we have resources there. Actually, I can go back to my uh, friends at Phillips 66. Of course, I did some contract work for uh, Phillips 66 years ago, and uh, it's quite interesting. Uh, they have quite a few people that drive for them. Uh, but again, that's a little bit different. It's not air, airport specific, and you wind up going back into that that driving that's similar to the driving you're doing now, not specific to where you are. So yeah, it, it definitely is a challenge. That's that's for sure. But with that said, I am glad that you are looking towards continuing to move forward. And someday you you have that goal in sight. You want to become an airline pilot. And I think that's awesome. Just keep listening here, and and we'll keep our our here to the ground. And a lot of times, what happens is when we put these questions out. By the way, uh, we a lot of times get our listeners. And if you're listening right now and you have ideas, we love to hear them because uh, I love the feedback we get from people saying, "Hey, listen, I heard you uh, talk to this person about who has a CDL Class A, and I think I have an idea." And I can't tell you how many times we've been able to put you the listener together with another listener who has been able to help you and it, that's just just awesome uh this is just a wonderful world we live in there's so many people believe me that want to help you move forward in your career just like tom and just like eric and, and myself i think that's that's one thing i love about aviation is we're we're in this great field and we love what we do and we want to help you we want to help you move forward in your career well, gosh, that was the last question we had, Eric and uh, and Tom. I mean, this is this has been really awesome having you folks here on and. Um of course, uh, first uh, with Eric, you, you know, obviously you can come here to Aviation Careers Podcast and, and find find Eric or write feedback at Aviation Careers Podcast. But what's another great way that uh, people can reach you, Eric? 
find me in the Twitterverse, and mm-hmm. you can limit my responses to only 140 characters. It's Thank good God. for you. It's good for me. It's good for everybody. Um, there's too much chuckling. That's not okay. I can joke about myself. You can't make fun of me. Um, I make fun of you, Carl. It's not the other way around. You know how this works. Come on, I know. Man. Um, but you can find me in the Twitterverse at C Eric Go S E E E R I C G O. See Eric Go on Twitter. Also, you can go to uh, your hosts on aviationcareerspodcast.com. Click on there, click on their uh, Twitter address, and all you'll be able to send them a message directly. Anybody that's on the podcast here. Also, and Tom, the host page yes. actually has a really pretty picture of me. It so, does well. I, any I, you picture. Know, if, of you. If you want to, if you want to view a picture of me, um, actually, yeah, do that one. The the picture on Twitter is a little outdated. <laughs> just, just a little bit. Just I, have, a little. I have to go look. I forget which one we have of you. Is it in the airplane flying, being yeah, with that cheesy yeah, smile? Yeah. yeah, that's the one. Yeah, big cheesy smile. Yeah, every time you're in an airplane, you have a big cheesy smile. I noticed there. I pretty much have that smile all the time. I mean, that's pretty much my generic facial expression. <laughs> well, awesome. Thanks. And uh, Tom, what's the best way that uh, people can reach you other than uh, feedback at Aviation Careers Podcast? You know, a real quick way is to head on over to the Private Jet Podcast. There's a contact form there, Tom at privatejetpodcast.com. That comes directly to me, and uh, I am checking that. I won't say every day, but but definitely every 48 hours that gets looked at. So uh, reach out to me there. Yeah, and at, uh, speaking of that, Tom hasn't been on for a while, so let's just talk about that. Private Jet Podcast, check it out. It's a great podcast. Uh, you'll learn something. You'll learn something about operating within the corporate private aircraft environment, and uh, it really does bring value to not only the people that have aircraft, but those that are thinking about careers in, in uh, corporate aviation. Don't you think so, Tom? Well, that is the goal, and uh, I think there is some good intel on there. If you want to go corporate route, you might learn a few things that will help you make the right decision for you. And awesome. Tom is actually an honorary professor at Polk State Aerospace. He doesn't even know this, but, <laughs> but so many of his podcasts are so legit that uh, we actually use them as learning resources. No so, kidding. Wow. Yeah, particularly your SMS episode was really, really yeah, good. I good. mean, like it was absolutely one of my favorite uh, SMS wow. podcast I've ever listened to in my life. So it's actually uh, we we include that stuff. And and is honestly, that, uh, Tom, other than the podcast that I'm on here, yours is my favorite. Well, I appreciate that. Was that the uh, the one with Doctor Goodhart? Yes, safety yes. program. Yeah. yeah, it was Got really it. really good. I loved that one, and uh, we actually use it in class. So thanks for what you do. It's awesome stuff. Good, great. I'm glad it's useful. And, and and also, by the way, if you want to hear Dr. Goodhart talk about his career in safety and talking about safety management systems careers, he had some great insight. And we actually had him on the show, well, gosh, maybe a couple of years ago, some terrific insight on how what you should do to move forward in a career in safety. Uh, and you'd be surprised uh, at his answer. So I really encourage you to go back and listen to that episode. Uh, we'll have a link to that. And, of course, you can go to the past episodes to, to find that. Of course, with me, it's easy to find me at aviationcareerspodcast.com. Also, run over to Stuck Mike Avcast. We talked about uh, getting your remote pilot certificate. We talk a lot more there about it, and that's kind of a fun podcast about general aviation. A little more specific on technical aspects. This is more careers-oriented. Also, remember here at Aviation Careers Podcast, we like to talk about all careers in aviation. Uh, right now, there's been a huge push into the hiring at the regionals and uh, and at the majors. So we've been kind of focusing on that quite a bit in the past year or so, but we're trying to get back to those roots. But but the questions just keep coming in, and I love hearing from you, and I really appreciate the questions that you've given us. Well, Tom and Eric, I I just am tickled to death to have both of you on again. Yeah, this was fun. Yeah, and I'd love it. Yeah, thanks, Carl. Always fun. 
I would just love to have you guys back on and talk some more. And it's uh, it's so encouraging to hear both of you, and and you bring so much to the show. And I really appreciate that. I wanted to tell Paul about that too. And uh, you know, after reaching some incredible milestones here with with aviation careers, I really hope that this is helpful to you, the listener. And I and I'd love to hear your feedback. And and what we've done here is put something together that. I think will not just motivate you, but also give you some information that is 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 actually actionable. Things that you can do after this podcast. As a matter of fact, let me let me leave you with this. If there's anything that you've heard today that that you think would help you in your career, why don't you take that information and do something now? Do something today that will help you move forward in your career. Take that little nugget of information, write it down, make a note that you're gonna look into something that we talked about. Hey, maybe even write down an answer to the one of the questions that was asked here. But do something, something today that'll help you move forward in your career. And from myself and, and Tom Wachowski, Eric Crump, really appreciate your listening. We'll talk to you next episode. You have been listening to Aviation Careers Podcast, an aviation podcast about living your dream and pursuing an exciting aviation career. This aviation podcast is produced by the Valeri Aviation Corporation. Although host or guests may receive compensation for products and services discussed in this podcast, compensation never influences our opinion. Before purchasing any product or service, you should always do your own research. Music by Billy Wheeler. All rights reserved.